previously on Prison Break. In 2009, Josh and Hadley were friends at high school, co-hosts of a radio show and massive fans of Prison Break. Now in 2017, Josh lives in Australia, Hadley's in New Zealand and Prison Break is back on TV, so they have an excuse to talk again. Warning. Contains Prison Break spoilers. There he is. Mate, are we ready to do this? Mate, I am, uh, I, I, I'm on. Awesome. How was that? I am going to, uh, I can hear me through, uh, through my headphones, your headphones, so if you can turn me down a little bit, that'd be rad. Alright. Um, I... We'll go out on a limb and say that that was the best episode this season. Yeah, I 100% agree. That was awesome. I had a, a rollicking good time. There were a couple of times in there where I was like, oh, come on. Like, do you expect us to believe that? But more often than not, I was like, oh, wow, this is this is some level two Prison Break stuff. It was good. There was some classic Prison Break moments. We had some suspense. We had some action. We had some romance. But, like, for the f- genuine suspense for the first time this season. Yeah, absolutely. It was really good. I mean, um, okay, let's, uh, let's begin, uh, with, uh, I don't know, let, okay, okay, let's, let's say things that we're loving, uh, because there was a lot of it, that, that little cat and mouse segment. Okay, basic recap, um, this was Michael landing back in the States, Going toe-to-toe with Poseidon for the first time, yep. and the big thing of this episode is um, who knows what, and then who knows what, who knows what, who knows what. Yep. Yep. Hey, Like, I know that he knows that I know that I know this, and that was kind of like the big thing of this, this episode. So it's almost like, I know that you know that I'm not telling the truth. Yeah, it was a, basically this episode was a reenactment of the psych theme tune and done to peak perfection. It was fantastic. I credit where credit's due. We've spent eight weeks shitting on this series, um, and it redeemed itself in the eighth episode. About time. Yep, and all is forgiven. <laughs> oh, now come on, now let's not get too too crazy. I mean, I also feel like if this episode was in season one, would we still be going like, wow? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's possible. Um, yeah. So Mike Junior. Okay, still ruined it. Um, and that was one of my favourite scenes. Was when um, jumping straight to the end, yep. uh, Mike gets back to the states. <laughs> um, and it's just a matter of for him of tracking down. Um, his wife and child, and getting them to safety away from Poseidon. And one of my favourite sort of little twists of the episode, he thinks that um, that his son has led him straight, uh, straight to them, uh, and turns out no, the Poseidon uh, just did a child's drawing <laughs> and uh, and tricked Mike into it. He put a lot of effort into the, the drawing, was, though. 
Oh, I did the colouring in. Um, <laughs> he probably like did some of it with his left hand to make it slightly less good than the. Uh, you want like also we like okay. So here's some my 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 beefs with the scene. Yeah. Um, initially was when Mike got the picture. He's like, "Wow, my son's so good." And I'm like, "Oh, come on now, Mike. He's not that good." <laughs> um, it was the same comment that Sarah made last week about the um the night who had fallen. Yeah, 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 exactly. They love his pictures. And then later on in the episode, they showed the uh, the knight who had fallen picture. And I was like, oh, that's yeah, not that good a picture. Mm, mm. So there's that. But also, um, for the most part, like, you know what? Like, sure, it's a fine enough picture. And then I was thinking, wait a minute. But, like, Jacob knows that... Yeah. Um, but, oh, and then gets to the house, turns out... Mike didn't. Mike Jr. didn't draw any pictures. Boom. Loved it. Loved the twist. Hated Mike Jr.'s delivery of the line. I didn't draw a map. Yeah, he's he's a bit weird, man. And and when he was explaining to Jacob how he had a map in the picture as well, like he he explained it so clinically, like this is what every eight year old does. What are you talking about? You know, when it's like that's insanity. Well, I don't know. Maybe. He's a great actor, and he's just doing that from his perspective of like, oh, wow, I don't... But also, I don't think he's a good actor. I think he's, he's terrible, and, and I hate that kid. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, and I love that. I loved... Uh, let's let's um, address um, one of the, the big reveals. Yeah. Um, whip hands mm-hmm. and robot hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The hand family. So this is the one I was I was sort of alluding to. I don't think I've actually called it on the podcast, but I've discussed it with, um, I'm pretty sure with you. Or No, I only talk to you when we do the podcast, so it mustn't have been with you. you, t- are, you saying, are you saying you talk to other people? Uh, no, no, yeah, I talk to other people as well. Um, not often. Wow. I, I, I like- normally, I just talk for this 30 minutes with you um, about prison break and no one else. But there, there has been occasions where I've spoken to others about it. Um, I, I don't know I don't know what you thought of that reveal. I thought it was actually really cool. I thought the way it was played out was was done quite well. I thought Teabag sort of coming to grips with, with the reality of the situation was really cool. Um, and him having the, the line about needing to take someone else's life um, was quite poetic. Yeah, so that's... Um, he gets to say you need to take somebody else's yeah. life and then the reveal is that he's going to go meet up with his yeah. son. Um, as I mean, I'm still a little bit confused about what that means. As far as like, is he supposed to take responsibility for somebody else's That's life? That's the interpretation I took. Is that we we were led to believe that he had to go and kill somebody, and he was coming to grips with that. But I think the reality was that he had to basically tell his son that that he was his father, and and Teabag being who Teabag is, I mean, that's probably not the greatest news to be given. Hmm. Um, I didn't mind it. I, I quite liked it. It wasn't something that I saw coming. Um, it wasn't something uh, that I thought was like what? Like if if Whip Hand turned out to be like another Schofield yeah, or yeah, yeah. or whatever, I'd be like, nah, I hate that. But this was this was kind of cool. Um, I I didn't mind that at all. Yeah, we, we've been saying um, for a few weeks, like who, what relations he gonna have? He's gonna have to have some sort of significant relation back to 
the original clan. And we, we sort of threw out a few different theories, I think, a few weeks ago. I don't think T-Bag was actually one of the ones we discussed on the podcast. No, he wasn't. Westmoreland, Westmoreland was... Um... Yeah, that, was a, that was one of the favourites. Um, I was actually thinking, uh, before we watched this episode, that I was hoping that it, it might have been... Um, do you remember in Season 1, I think it was Riot's Drills of the Devil, when... I remember everything about so right, season one. So Riot's and the Devil part one and part two. There was a young um, yep. guard who had blonde hair. And Lincoln yep. Burroughs protected him for a little while when they were when all the prisoners were rioting. Eventually, Teabag um, took him into one of the cells and killed him. And when he did, he pulled out like a photo of... Um, was it a son or his daughter? Um, no, it was his daughter on her yeah, prom night. daughter. See, I, I was thinking it would be really cool if it... She didn't come home that night. Exactly. And I, I was thinking it would be cool if they tied that back in some way where, you know, maybe it was that young guard's son or something like that. And it was just an idea that came past at, at one stage. Um, I, I think this reveal was still really satisfying, though. Yeah, mm. totally. And also, that, that guard, we actually talked about him in previous episodes with our, one of our favourite Nkambaru scenes where he's like, Unt- untie me. Uncuff me. Uncuff me. Um, so Lincoln Burroughs had some scenes this week. Oh, they're all stupid. He had some scenes. Lincoln Burroughs actually um, had two... My um, my peak this week, um, Lincoln Burroughs mm-hmm. actually uh, featured in, in two of my peaks this week. So the first... Really? Peaks, are you okay if we go into this now? Twin peaks, man. Bring it on. Yeah, I got some twin peaks this week. Um, just in, uh, in celebration of twin peaks returning back to television. So this... The first of, of the two was um, there was a scene where... Uh, just after they got back into New York, um, when a bruisey son was harassing them, they pretended there was DEA, agent, DEA agents, and um, C-Note and, and Sheba came and, and saved Lincoln and Michael. And then there was a scene where they were standing by the lake when C-Note came over to see um, Link, and, and Sheba was there as well, and he sort of said, hey, Michael, it's great to see you again, kind of thing. In that scene, Lincoln Burroughs was wearing a hoodie, um, and it was the only scene in the whole episode that Lincoln Burroughs has been wearing this hoodie. And it looked really, really warm. Yeah. Um, yep. It was like one of those ones with like the, the lining inside it that looked really furry and warm. And I really liked that. I thought he looks really warm. Um, I think it was raining in that scene as well. And I feel like Dominic Purcell probably was just like, oh, can I just grab my hoodie from the trailer? And that, at that point, they were all kind of just like, yeah, you may as well. Why not? Um, so I thought that was quite cool. Um, I, I might get a hoodie like that at some point. You, like, you personally will get a, a hoodie like that? Yeah, it's getting cold in, in the winter here. Yeah. That reminded me I need a new hoodie. Um, I mean, I, I like that. I feel like we need to unpack the fact that uh, John Abruzzi's son was in it a bit more. Can we, can we, how do we feel about that? Yeah, I'll come back to the second peak. Um, I'll save it for a little bit later. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, so John Abruzzi's son was in it. Yeah. Um, it was a bit weird. I think... I think the impact of that was probably lost on the fact that, like, we had the thing with Teabag's son. Um, so it was a little bit weird to sort of do yeah. a double son um, from the Fox River 8. Um, and yeah. John Abruzzi's son was a bit of a dick. Um, Lincoln Burroughs owed him 100 grand. Uh, but yeah, he said he had the 100 grand in his hand, um, but he didn't have it. No. Thoughts? Not at all. Um, well, yeah, I feel like, on the one hand, um, I, I would like to have seen, like, made more of a, a thing of it, but on the other hand, maybe it's going to nice that, like, like, I, I always complain about Marvel films and things where I feel like, your world is too small, why is everybody related yeah. to everybody? 
Um, and so maybe if they did make like a big, big deal about it, um, uh, I'd, I'd be more annoyed. Um, I can totally see Lincoln like hitting up and using like the contacts that he had and going like, yo, I got your old man out of prison, can you hook him out with some jobs and blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of like the fact that we have seen that guy before um, in the pilot and only just now <laughs> do we... Um, realize that he's Link, uh, that he's a Brucey's son. That's kind of cool. Yeah, the fact that they didn't true. just kind of play all their hands in one go. I feel like they didn't. They just didn't um, say enough about actually, it. That was the problem. They they really just didn't. Like they they made that one passing comment that it was a Brucey's son, but like that could have been ad libbed or anything, and <laughs> and that wouldn't have yeah. made a difference. Yeah. Um, it was also one of those, like, and it happens a lot this season where everyone just constantly, oh, I've got a guy who yeah, does this. I know a guy. Um, uh, and it's just the I know a guy trope is kind of a bit tired at the moment. Uh, I know a guy, he can get us in on his private jet, that's the Brucey's son. Uh, and even on the, in the bad guys team, oh, I know yeah. a guy who uh, analyzes um, tattoos that don't make any sense. Um, uh, yeah, I, I know a guy. It's not particularly satisfying. Um, but your your um, peak leads yep. me to my peak. Um, and it's the DEA hats that uh, that they wore. Um, <laughs> I like that someone, like, when they're making the plan, uh, and this happened off screen, but Mike uh, said, all right, we're going to need some hats. And uh, someone, presumably Lincoln, was like, yeah, cool. I'm going to buy, buy some plain blue hats and then get a bit of felt and uh, cut out DEA in big letters and just stick them onto the hats. Um, not in any particular font. Um, that you know, We don't want to make it to look too realistic. Um, I'll do the arts and crafts and make this hat. Like, as in um, Lincoln Burroughs decided yep. to do that, or Dominic Purcell made the prop? Uh, actually, both. Um, we both we all know that uh, Dominic Purcell is quite a method actor, and so uh, we know that Lincoln Burroughs was like, yep, I'll make the hats as part of the plan, that's what I can bring to the table. I can't help out too much because they know my face, so I can't do lots of like the on the ground stuff. But what I can do is I'll make the uh, make the hats, and that's where Dominic Purcell, the actor, came in and goes, right. If I was actually Lincoln Burroughs, how would I go about making these hats? And so that's <laughs> when he insisted that he would make the props. Uh, and and that's actually one of um, Dominic Purcell's stunts this week. <laughs> that's the stunt of the week, a segment we've started way too late in the piece. <laughs> but yeah, his biggest stunt was making uh, those hats this week. Um, that's fantastic. I like I like the backstory you've put. Uh, oh, that's, I, I just saw that in a really really awkward interview um, online. That's that's a definite fact. Can I? I'll, I'll give you my other peek then now, since we're talking about Lincoln yeah. Burrows, because it's related yeah. to him. So it was the scene. Where I'm gonna go away, so I'm gonna stop you there for a second. Me. I'm gonna throw out and say Lincoln Burrows, um, favorite character this week. Um, he did good. Yeah. No, I mean, I can't back that up, but like, I just want to throw him a bit of love. No, don't back it up. So, my favourite part was when... I actually think this is better than the hoodie. Um, was when they were waiting to meet Jacob. They'd planned this sort of cat and mouse kind of thing. Um, Lincoln Burroughs was chasing the guy with the bung ear. Um, the girl, the female agent, was chasing Lincoln Burroughs. Um, a bus goes past and um, Lincoln Burroughs teleports. <laughs> This is my other peak as well because and I, what I really liked about that bit <laughs> with Lincoln Burroughs teleporting was <laughs> the girl who was chasing Lincoln Burroughs 
was on the same side of the street as him. Exactly, the, exactly. The bus didn't obstruct The bus goes past for us, looking on the <laughs> other side of the road, but then she was gone. Uh, but then he he was so gone. Must have seen but uh, he must have seen him turn around one of the the garage, and then he must have just like, been somewhere in the garage. Um, and also, like, how awful is her reception? That like she's not deep into the like. I understand she loses reception <laughs> and can't get in contact um, with the uh, with with Poseidon. Uh, this is only like five minutes after we learn that in the world of Prison Break, um, her and Bungie are the best of the best, and that's why they've joined Twenty One yep. Void, which sounds like yep. a clothing store for kids who want to look like they can skate. Yep. Um, uh, <laughs> but anyway, the best, the best. But with the average technology, where she takes like five steps into a parking garage and just loses all signal. Um, and you know there aren't too many spaces. There are a couple of pillars in there that Dominic Purcell was probably hiding behind. Um, well, no, he teleported into his car. That's right. So sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. She saw him just disappear. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like she saw him disappear. We saw the bus go past, so they didn't have to create the special effect of him teleporting. I, I like to think it's kind of like um, Nightcrawler from X-Men, mm. though. Sort of a puff of smoke. He disappears. He reappears in a puff of smoke in a different location. And um, he's also a devout Catholic who can uh, speak German. Possibly. Um, his, his, his ability, I imagine, is probably limited to um, locations he can see as well. Um, so, you know, hence why he probably just teleported across the road. But I thought it was really awesome. I think they've underutilized that ability of his this well, season. I would have loved um, to have seen that more in um, season one where he got put in prison and needed to break out. Mm-hmm. Well, it could have been something he developed over the past seven like years. Like all those tattoos that he's got. Yeah, he's got some he's got some wacky tattoos going on. I saw one of like a, a wave and a surfer this I week. saw one of his own face. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just um, he just got a, a tattoo of his own face, um, but smiling in a, in a big broad grin that I've never seen him do before. Um, I imagine he could like flex and it would like smile or yeah, yeah, yeah. He ripples his muscles and he's either smiling mm. um, or just kind of looking a little bit like worried. Um, <laughs> And the kind of worry we're like, yeah, like, and not like, like terrified or anything like that, but it kind of like, he's got a letter in the mail and it's like, oh, I don't normally get like good posts. It's probably a bill. Oh. <laughs> or like he's forgotten someone's birthday who's really close to him and he knows he's forgotten it. Yeah, exactly. He, uh, he sees them calling him uh, and then that's when he realizes, oh crap, it's their birthday today and they haven't done anything about it. And do I answer the phone? Do I call? Do I pretend? Uh, 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 worried face. So Lincoln Burroughs was a hero this week. Um, they dived a little bit deeper into Michael's tattoos this week. Um, I think the explanation that we're given, and probably the, the only explanation we're going to be given, is just that the, tattoo. um, that the tattoos were just there to mess with everybody, and there's actually no purpose behind them? Oh, yeah, or that, or he's in, um, used... Because, like, okay, so the tattoos were in Arabic, and if you look into them, then you find uh, links to the websites that have the footage of him uh, apparently murdering that CIA operative. Um, yeah. But I think either he's either doing it to, um, to mess with uh, the Poseidon and the, uh, what is it, Kmart crew or whatever they're called, um, 21 Void. Yeah. Um, or is he trying to shine some light on Poseidon and the fact that he actually did the murder? Potentially. 
in some sort of maybe weird secret way or roundabout way that could be revealed. Um, but I feel like this was probably... I mean, they might have a better explanation for it next week. Yeah. I don't know. Um, pets. Um, Sucre's face for me was a, a real pet this week. Um, <laughs> what? What do you mean? Well, you know normally I'm a fan. Um, he's, I love his big face. Um, but... There was the the bit where um, Poseidon is talking about how smart he is. Um, also, they bring in a character who, like, we're supposed to go, like, oh, oh, snap, they brought in this guy, he's an expert. Um, but I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't care. Um, anyway, Sucre, um, just being when Poseidon is talking about how smart he is, and he no- noticed that Michael's phone went off just before a flight to New York, and then, oh, there it is, it's just turned yep. back on again, and then somehow these agents, who are CIA, like legit CIA agents, but didn't show their badge, they still barged onto a plane, uh, yep. and zero consequences came from that. I've taken like 30 seconds for them to go CIA, and, and we'd go like, not even 30, like a second, and we'd be like, okay, cool, oh, yep. yep. And then they find the phone on the plane, and then Sucre turns around, and he's like, <laughs> And we never see him again. Yeah. Um, so the great thing about this week with Sucre was he got a really good episode where he was eating some sausage oh, or something. He was loving it. Loving the dialogue. Um, was... So he loved that sausage. And that, like he probably got to eat that whole sausage as well. Which is great for um, the actor Amari Nolasco because um, he's been hoping that his character will come back in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Uh, so far, no luck. Uh, exactly. But he was fortunate enough to get, you know, like I said, he got... The sausage, um, he probably got a bit of catering that day when he was on yeah. set as well, which is really yeah. good. Um, I'd like to think he got paid. Uh, yeah, so all around, I think that was pretty And he good got a, um, a gift voucher um, for second shop aimed by um, Cargo Pants at 21 Void. <laughs> <laughs> he had... Um, I didn't notice it last week. The facial hair he had was really... Um, very military-like. You know, it was very straight-edged. Mm. Um, it was a bit different. But, yeah, no, he he ate that food. Um, Whip didn't enjoy the mm. food as much. He, he wasn't as big a fan of it as um, Sucre was. Going back to Whip and uh, the, the Hand family, and Whip had to go out into the mm. middle of Lake Michigan and get a can mm. that was covered in blood? Filled with blood? Yeah. What do we think about that? Okay, let's launch into a segment I call Unanswered Questions. Because we've got, like, next week is is the finale. Um, So here are the questions we want answered uh, when it comes to the finale. Um, One. uh, And and, and we can try and answer these now. Let's throw out some... some... One. Um, Who was in Graceland... Uh, we still haven't really sorted it out. The Elvis impersonator or whatever that Michael sent the picture to. Was that just a, a red herring? Yeah. Is it a real person? Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, don't know. He seemed to know him when they were talking on the Skype call. Um, but then these CIA agents seem to have already done all this investigating. And they've sort of written him off almost as if they're the nothing. best of the best. They're the best. Two. Michael's tattoos, is there more of them? Is there similar to season one? Like, is there any plan or rhyme or reason to what they do? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So far, so bad. Uh, three. Uh, the episode ended on a bit of a cliffhanger with Mike being in the house 
with uh, Mickey J uh, and the lady who um, was pretending to be Sarah. And Mike Jr. didn't really react. Oh, he's just such a... I don't like that kid at all. But when he, he was like, oh, it's Sarah, and then he goes over, and then it was like, oh, it's not Sarah. Um, dumb. Um, so, I mean, I know, I know you're probably hoping that it was Mike Jr.'s blood that splattered on the window at the end of the episode. Very much so. Like... Uh, I'm I'm assuming it's the the female agent who has been yes. shot. Um, I'm not sure who's in play that it could be though, because obviously not Whip or Teabag. Um, potentially Sarah. Potentially Sarah. Uh, not Lincoln. why not Lincoln? Not Lincoln Burroughs. Oh, actually, yeah. He's in the house. Lincoln. He's got a gun. He, he had like no, but Lincoln got shot outside. Didn't Did he? he? Well, that was the cliffhanger. Was that? Abruzzi's son shot Lincoln, and then there was blood on him, and he kind of looked like he'd been shot. Oh, yeah. So the, the I guess the, the hearing there is to say, hey, Lincoln's out of action, when the reality might be that he's actually okay. Is that one of Abruzzi's sons who have come in to get some Michael action? It's possible. It's, it's, yeah, so it's either Sarah, Lincoln, it won't be Sino, and it won't be Sucre. So it's either them is it or someone else. Yeah, maybe Shiva. Shiva? Yeah, it could be Shiva, yeah. I could see that. Here's one, uh, a, a curveball for you. Was someone trying to uh, open a can of uh, canned tomatoes and they were just trying to rip the lid off and they uh, opened it so violently that it sprayed everywhere all over the window and they're like, ah, oh, damn it. That's possible. It could be Kalaman. Um and he's just opened up a can of tomatoes in a completely different house. And um, yeah, yeah, just yeah. quickly cut to that. Um, we pick up next week, and it's just Kellerman um, making a pasta dish. Um, and like you said, he's, he's Wait, whipped open the tomatoes, and um, they've just gone all over the front door. <laughs> so it's a Kellerman that's definitely alive? That's, that's what we're making? Oh, Kellerman's definitely alive, yeah. Yeah, cool, cool, he's cool. He's escaped worse deaths. Oh, like, like 40 guys shooting with a shotgun. Yeah, like, I, he can definitely handle two CIA agents who are impersonating him and his partner from season one. Yeah. And who are also the best of the best. Yeah. Um, any other questions you want answered? Oh, we've got, okay, why is uh, Whip the Whip Hand? What What's the deal with that? What does that mean? Um, it must be to do with Teabag's hand, right? That's the joke. Well, yeah. Is I there, mean, like, a, have you heard the phrase Whip Hand before? Um, no. No, neither have I. Um, cool to question Michael setting up this whole situation by giving Teabag a robot hand. What's the deal with that? Yeah, that's, that's the other weird thing, is that Michael's entire plan was predicated on the fact that Teabag had changed, and that Teabag wasn't going to be the same Teabag he's been for the entirety of Prison Break, that he was going to be a different man who was, uh... Changed for the better, potentially. Mm. Hence the reason, like, Michael sent him the original message, which kicked this whole thing off. Um, Michael gave him a new hand. Um, Michael was relying on him to not kill Whip, but rather be a father for Whip, for example. Um, which meant that this plan's been in action for, for far longer than he's let on. Um, but there's a lot of pretty big ifs there, right? I mean, T-Bag could have still just been a rapist. Yeah, that's very true. And more than that, but just like a... A D-bag. 
um, self-serving person. Mm. Oh, one of my questions from episode one got answered this week uh, about the swans in the gutter. Are they uh, are they literally mm. Um, mm. the swans or are they metaphorical? And they were real. But here's my question, right? Yeah. So there are like a couple of hundo swans in the gutter. Just hanging out. Just hanging out. That uh, old old mate uh, Poseidon just chucks in there. What does he do with the envelopes? That's a good question. That's a, that's going to get added to the list of questions that we want answered by next week. This gutter is full. He puts all this, the origami swans in there, but then he keeps the envelopes, uh, we presume, and does he take them inside? Does he burn them? Because he's not... He might, use them, he might just use them for post, so he can um, save money on buying envelopes. Yeah. Or like maybe um, like just, like my mum um, or like school mufti days or something like that when I had to send money to school she just used an envelope yep. you know just put it in there like she can't use reuse the envelope like post post because it's already got stamps and postmarks on it but mm, mm. Um, you know if I have to hand her something in on person then yeah yeah that's probably I'd say that's probably what it was he probably got a drawer of them um, and he just uses them for school <laughs> school mufti days <laughs> school, school mufti days exactly for <laughs> um, for when he needs to to give Michael some maybe some lunch money or something like that yeah or yeah <laughs> just a mufti day <laughs> um we uh what what about so oh, yeah, go that that drain with all the origami in it mm. like that that thing was clogged right up there's oh, no yeah. you know that's not efficient at all, right? There must be flooding happening in that street. Yeah. The neighbours must be coming out and thinking, why is the why is the gutter flooding again? What's going on here? Yeah, after <laughs> heavy rain, they flush the toilet, and then, like, just all these origami swans just, like, come up through the toilet. And they've all got, like, messages just going, like... It's just like, a disaster, isn't it? Oh, it's, 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 it's a, a real uh, irrigation problem uh, in Ithaca. Also, we had some more um, uh, we had some more references to the Odyssey with um, Mike Jr., yeah. which actually turned out to be Poseidon's picture of uh, the eight-headed Hydra. Yeah, so I, it, like you said, I think they must have based a lot of the story or this this season around the Odyssey. Yeah, I think you're you're correct. Yeah, with uh, uh, Odysseus coming home and having to do battle um, for. Uh, his wife is is part of thing and battling all her suitors. Um, it sounds it sounds like that's definitely um where they they've been heavily inspired by. Uh, I'll say for this season. Um, you noticed the owl wasn't it again? He was back. I missed the owl this time again. How did you miss the owl again? He was oh, wait, in was the zoo scene. In the, in the flashback, eh? Yeah, in the flashback, yeah, no, Michael no. was staring at him. I saw the creepily. owl. I saw him. He loves that owl. Um, is the owl of any significance? Uh, no, definitely not. Is not he, at this point. Is he coming back this next episode? Um, I'd like to hope he was back for next season, but I don't know if they were able to cast him, um, or if he had, I think he might have had another engagement, um, so they couldn't get him for the full nine episodes. Yeah. So they did all his filming in advance, um, and then they've just sort of chucked him in and flashback scenes and things like that. He's actually playing um, Hedwig in the um, Chicago version of A Cursed Child, the Harry Potter play. Um, it's, the, really booked up. it's the non-equity version, um, and you know, I, I feel like you know he's not getting the, the same pay rates as other owls who are part of the, uh, the equity guild. Uh, but you know what, like, work's work, and you know, he's, getting a, he's making a name for himself. Good on him. So this was a packed episode. Um, 
I want to ask you a question because I did a bit of research into some of the characters. Okay. Um, I know we're, we're probably running a little bit long, so I'll be quick. Um, but the two agents, um, the best of the best, yeah. the female and the male, what do you think their names are? Oh, I reckon one is called Janice, um, okay. and I think the girl is called... <laughs> <laughs> um... I think she's got like a cool name, like Ice. So she has, and she does have an interesting name. I'll give you the guy's name first. Mm-hmm. So his name, and he's credited as this, by the way. Okay. Is Van Gogh, or Van Gogh? Okay, interesting. And is she um, like a Ninja Turtle, or like one of the other cool artists? Is she Monet, Manet? Are they artists? What's what's her name? Her name is A and W. A and W. A and W. Like A... It's spelt, it's spelt like A ampersand W. Isn't there a um, a brand that makes good, delicious root beer? You know what? It, you might be right. Yeah, you might be right, actually. Mm. Yeah, so that's her name and that's his name. Um, and, yeah, uh, we've never been told those names, I don't think. No one's ever mentioned them. Um, but... That's their names in the show. Well, those That's names are weird. the best of the best names. Well, they're no Paul Kellerman. They're no Phineas McClintock. They're definitely not a Phineas McClintock. And so the other one was that um, Cyclops was actually named Cyclops. So he's credited as being Cyclops. Yeah, yeah, no, that I did know. And please use his correct name. It is Cyclops. No, it is. And we never saw what happened to him. Uh, he probably just died out in the desert. But you're not missing yourself some Cyclops? Oh, I definitely what if am. Cyclops came back. Well, I would all out and I'd be fine with that. Characters who need to come back in the finale. Um, like, I, I'm still jonesing for a bit of Lincoln Jr., for a bit of uh, Stacey Keach. <laughs> um, <laughs> fan favourite, Stacey Keach. Fan favourite, actual prisoner, Stacey Keach. <laughs> what about um, a little bit of. Um, who else do we want? Brad, Brad Bellick's mum. Who <laughs> we never actually saw when we heard her voice, and I'd like it to stay that way. I'd like to just hear her voice. Um, <laughs> what about Michael's Mexican wife? Um, oh, not Marty Cruz. Um, I don't know. I can't remember her name. No. Um, I, I still. I'm Stacy Keach. I'm on the Stacy Keach train. Uh. She wasn't Mexican. She was um, Eastern European, and her name was like Nika. Yeah. Sure. Uh, what, uh, um, what about? We're just the... naming characters at this point. Uh, what What about the scene where Lincoln Burroughs kissed um, Sheba? Oh, I hated that so much. And here, let me tell you why. Uh, yeah. it's big old I'm a man Lincoln Barrow is going you need to go home I'm going to tell you what to do and then she starts to stand up for herself which she's done pretty consistently throughout the whole time just generally yeah, she's done well and she generally calls all the other guys on their like casual chauvinism like anti-feminist um, BS where like uh, C-Note says to Lincoln you better look after her and she's like um, I will look after him like 
he literally yeah. got like not even the character, but the actor literally got hit by a brick. Like I'm having to do all the work here in all of these scenes. Um, and then even Lincoln Bros like, oh, you have to go do those two. So I say, and she's like, no, I don't want to do that. And then just grabs her head very violently and starts kissing her. And she's <laughs> like, yo, what's going on here? There was no passion, eh? It was very aggressive, violent. It was very Lincoln Burrows. Um, it's it's about. I mean, it was the only way it could happen. Oh, I feel like um, it could have happened in a way that there was consent given. Um, <laughs> that's a different way that I would have liked to have seen that play out. Um, <laughs> Not for Lincoln Burroughs. You know what, Lincoln I fully Burroughs retract what the I said earlier when I said Lincoln's the hero of this episode. Um, he's, uh, I'm, I'm putting it back to he's just a big old meathead. He really enjoyed that kiss, though. Yeah, uh, he did, but... Um, I um I I retract it and um I hope that it was his blood um on the on the on Paul Kellerman's tomato door. You hope it was Lincoln Burrows' blood. Yeah. Not Lincoln Burrows, enemy of the show. <laughs> no, Lincoln Burrows is the enemy of the show. Dominic Purcellers. Um. Mate, we're running. we this is a uh, it's becoming a chubby episode. So let's uh knock this one out. Uh, let's we're gonna do your like your little whiny like oh guys be my friend thing that you do at the end of the podcast. All right, so um, we didn't do an intro. I suppose it doesn't really matter now. Um, I'm not gonna do it now. Thirty six minutes in, but uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Mm. Uh, this has been another episode of the Josh and Hadley Show. Uh, don't forget to like us and uh, give us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. We're at the very end of season one now. We have one more episode, plus maybe a few cheeky little things popping up here and there between um, now and season two. Um, but you can stay in touch with any news that we might have on Facebook, um, as as well as subscribing to the um, to the iTunes feed. And I just um, think it's very important we thank our sponsor. This episode was brought to you by Twenty One Void uh, for all of your like, hip hop <laughs> gear. Get down to Twenty One Void; they'll uh, sort you out with all the latest trends. Um, if you want some flat skater shoes. Uh, maybe some dog tags mm, um, and mm. some uh, camo cargo shorts. Um, and I must say as well, by the way, I really like that 21 Void t-shirt that you're wearing tonight. It's fantastic. Thank you very much. That was brought to me by 21 Void. Um, I really like uh, that nothing that you're wearing right now. It's always, a, <laughs> always a, a pleasure and a delight to get a naked podcast. I've done two of these podcasts naked. You're, you're pretty much safe to assume that if we've got webcam troubles, Hebby uh, definitely not wearing pants. Good night, everybody. Good night, New Zealand. Don't miss out on anything. Subscribe right now to stay in the know.